the book of Judges, and on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, uh, we just so happened to have reached a birth story in Judges. And we're going to be reading, uh, you can, whether you have your Bibles or just want to listen or you can follow the words up front, we're going to be reading from Judges 13. Let's listen together to God's holy and infallible word. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head because the boy is to be a Nazarite set apart to God from birth and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hand of the Philistines. And then the woman went to her husband and told him, a man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name, but he said to me, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Now then, drink no wine or other fermented drink, and do not eat anything unclean, because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from birth until the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, oh, oh Lord, I beg you, let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. And God heard Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field. And then there's a little part that we're not reading. Uh, Manoah's wife goes to get her husband, and then the angel of the Lord talks to him and basically says exactly what he originally said to her and what she repeated to Manoah. So a third time he gives all those instructions. And then after that, Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, we would like you to stay until we prepare a young goat for you. Uh, The angel of the Lord replied, even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Manoah didn't realize that it was the angel of the Lord. And then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, what is your name so that we may honor you when your word comes true? And he replied, why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. And then Manoah took a young goat together with the grain offering and sacrificed it on a rock to the Lord. And the Lord did an amazing thing while Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame blazed up from the altar toward heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell with their faces to the ground. And when the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Manoah and his wife, Manoah realized that it was the angel of the Lord. We are doomed to die, he said to his wife. We have seen God. But his wife answered, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor shown us all these things, or now told us this. So I got to pause here. You know, we don't get the wife of Manoah's name. But I feel like it might be Sarah, because this sounds like an interaction between me and her and maybe other husbands and wives. He's like freaking out, we're going to die. And she's like calmly, practical, logical, hey, God's not going to kill us. He just accepted this offering. 
and he has great plans for us with this birth. So the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him while he was in Mahena Dan, between Zorah and Eshtaal. So this is a birth story, and, and we, we often will tell our kids the stories of their birth, right? My youngest, Adriana, her birthday is Saturday, and we always remind her of the big snowstorm that happened right after she was born. Uh, it was 20-plus inches of snow, thunder snow, power outages, stranded cars. I learned when I looked it up to get some of the details that it's now called the 2011 Groundhog Day Blizzard. That's what they refer to that big one as. That was just after you were born, Adri. Some really dramatic things happened around Samson's birth as well, but most striking of all those things is how many similarities there are with Jesus' birth. And Maybe you notice that, and, and that's what I want to take a closer look at. First, we see that something new is going on. No other judge in the whole book has a full-blown birth story like this, and, and the writer of Judges takes some time to tell us all about it, and I even skipped a few verses. Jesus' birth is also something brand new in history, and the Bible spends quite a bit of time to tell us about that too in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2, especially in the New Testament. Also, there's an angelic announcement and visit in both cases. The angel of the Lord appears to Samson's mother. God sent the angel Gabriel to Jesus' mother, Mary. Uh, we read the angel of the Lord also visited Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. And Manoah, Samson's father, gets to meet and hear from the angel too, right? Both births are miraculous. They were humanly impossible. Like some other very famous mothers in the Bible, Sarah, Hannah, Elizabeth, and also Rebecca and Rachel, Samson's mother was barren. She couldn't have a baby. And so you can imagine her surprise when the angel says that, uh, what he does. And we also know Mary's surprise that she would have a baby without the involvement of a husband. And Mary's fiancé was surprised about that one, too. Also, when both Samson and Jesus were born, God's people, Israel, were living under oppression of a foreign power. In Samson's day, it was the Philistines. In Jesus' day, it was the Romans. Part of the birth announcement for both Samson and Jesus was that they'd be deliverers of God's people, also saviors. Can you imagine uh, doing that today when your baby's born? Um, you know, we put, have sent out these birth announcements often, whether they're physical or on Facebook. With great joy, Melissa and John announced the birth of their firstborn, a son, Daniel James, eight pounds, four ounces, 22 inches, born at 11.02 a.m. on January 20, and he will deliver our family from all our enemies. Very, very unique. I mean, very special. Um, also, most of God's people in Samson's day and in Jesus' day had given up hope of any rescue or deliverance. Uh, we read of Jesus' day that people were living in great darkness. In Samson's day, too, 
Uh, we know the times of the judges were dark, right? But they got worse over the 400 years or so they lasted. Um, there's something that goes on in Judges that, uh, that we haven't really looked at carefully, though you've heard it and you probably know it instinctively, but it goes like this. There's uh, the people sin and worship false gods. God sends an enemy to wake them up, to oppress them, in this case the Philistines, right? They eventually cry out to the Lord. God gives deliverance through a judge. And then there's a time of peace until that judge dies. And then the cycle happens all over again. But it's not just a cycle. It's more of a spiral downwards as the book goes on. Because the oppressions get worse and worse. And uh, the cry of the people changes. At the beginning of the book... They cry out to God in repentance. They're really sorry that they sinned against God. As it goes on, they cry out for help with no sign of repentance or being sorry. But here, with the last judge in the book, Samson, we've hit rock bottom. They're not even calling out to God, period, anymore. It's like they forgot about God. Um, so what that tells us is... In Samson's day, like in Jesus' day, there were very few faithful believers left. And yet, still, God sends deliverance. This is a big principle, of course, of God's salvation. He takes initiative to save us, his people, even when we fail to call out to him. God's deliverance, we might say, is preemptive. Romans 5.8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us to deliver us. In the past, in Judges, there, this is something else similar to Jesus, um, God would deliver the people by selecting someone, let's say Gideon or Deborah, who was already living and alive and then filled them with his spirit. But here, like with Jesus, God doesn't work with anybody. In other words, he grows his own salvation from conception on. He creates deliverance out of nothing. And, and that's how powerful and awesome our God is. God needs nothing but himself. No power outside of himself to save us, his people. It's all God. It's all him. Both Samson and Jesus are set apart for their task of deliverance from birth. We read about Samson being a Nazarite. And the book of Numbers tells us what that's all about. It involved the special vow that you took in order to be set apart for God for a time. To focus, talks about the fermented drink and a few other things. Um, the point of that is so that you're not focusing on earthly things, but heavenly things. And as a result, everyone around you would be reminded of that heavenly focus and point others to God. But Samson was different. This wasn't something he chose, but God chose him to be set apart in that special way. And of course, Jesus too was set apart by God to accomplish the work of deliverance from birth on. We know that Jesus' task on earth was 
all the way to his sacrificial death on the cross, right? Samson's calling is until his death too, which verse 7 made a point of saying. Kind of strange to talk about Samson's death even before he's born, but again, the writer of Judges is pointing us again and again to Jesus. Something else um, we can notice is that both of these are children of promise. Uh, the angel's promise, I mentioned it when we read, it's repeated three times in chapter 13. God really wants us to hear his promise. And the very end, verse 24, makes really clear that his promise is fulfilled. So God makes promises and God fulfills promises. And Jesus' coming was promised time and again uh, in the Old Testament, then was fulfilled finally in the fullness of time in the New Testament. And so both of these birth accounts point us to how God always fulfills his promises for his people and to his people. But what we're going to see as we go on in Samson is that um, his story does not end like Jesus does. We, we read in verse 5, maybe you caught it, that Samson would begin the deliverance of Israel. But he wouldn't finish it. King David finished off the Philistine threat finally, years later. But even after the Philistine threat was gone, more enemies would come against God's Old Testament people. And it would take uh, what the, who the Bible calls the great son of David, Jesus, to be born, to live, to suffer, to die, and rise again to complete victory uh, for all of his and all of our enemies. And, and so, as that goes on, we're going to see that Samson was far from perfect. But for ultimate salvation from our sins, we need a righteous, innocent man like Jesus who never sinned. As strong as we'll see Samson is because of the Spirit of God in him, we need more than a man filled with the Spirit to truly save us from our sins. We need someone who is one with the Spirit, divine in fact, and that one is Jesus. That's the level of awesome power needed to save us from our sin and all our enemies. And so while Samson begins deliverance, Jesus completes deliverance. While Samson is a sinner, Jesus is sinless. While Samson is a mighty man, Jesus is God Almighty. What about this angel of the Lord. Uh, we read his name was beyond understanding, but, but the Hebrew word is the same word really translated wonderful. He's saying, my name is wonderful. It's the same word in Isaiah 9, 6, which is a prophecy about Jesus' coming. Manoah and his wife began to see, as that story goes on, that this was more than an angel. God's son, Jesus in the New Testament, was sometimes called the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. And that's probably who this was. So that's yet another pointer to Jesus. So I very purposely didn't tell you that this is a 12-point message beforehand. <laughs> in so many ways, um, but the point is this, in so many ways, Judges 13 is a preview 
of the perfect and ultimate deliverer, capital D, who would save his people from their sins. So this story, it's a foretaste of Christmas. It really is. And the point is that us being pointed to Jesus' miraculous birth and miraculous deliverance, the point is that we would accept his spirit in our hearts and and tell those around us all that his deliverance means, even like we're doing today at Faith as we promote life that he created in his power by protecting vulnerable life in the womb, in Honduras, everywhere we can. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask uh, that you would bless us in continued worship, work your word into our hearts, and, and, and Lord, we pray for the spirit of your Son, the Holy Spirit, uh, to fill our hearts. Uh, we've seen how Samson's birth account points us to Jesus. Would we receive Jesus and uh, be more amazed at his uh his miraculous deliverance for us. May we receive it for ourselves, share it with the world. In your name we pray, amen.